Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Tom Green Interview. This is Tom Green on Audio Up. And thank you, Audio Up. How much fun is this? We're doing a podcast. I'm doing one every week. Um, I uh, really am enjoying this, getting to interview so many incredible and amazing people. Today on the show, we have Dog the Bounty Hunter. That's right. Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter, also known as Dwayne Chapman. Uh, He's an American reality television star. Uh, You know him, of course. He doesn't even need an introduction. Uh, He's a bounty hunter, uh, and uh, his uh, show has, of course, taken place for many years in uh, Hawaii or in his home state of Colorado, and we're going to have a good chat with him today. So I'm very excited to talk to him because he's quite the character. We all know him. We all love him. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Um, I'm having a lot of fun doing this podcast, though. I really am enjoying it. And uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It's been going great. And also for following along on my Instagram, uh, Instagram at Tom Green or t- Twitter at Tom Green Live uh, or on my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Tom Green, where we can discuss this podcast in the comments. You know, if you've uh, been listening to the podcast, you know, I have a secret code word. It's sassafras, right? So if you run into me on the street uh, sometime or after one of my comedy shows when stand-up gets going again, uh, come up to me and say sassafras and I'll know you're uh, one of the podcast listeners. Uh, If you want to say in the comments Zamboni on Instagram, if you write the word Zamboni, which of course is the machine that cleans the ice on hockey arenas, hockey rinks, um, and uh, if you want to leave a comment on my Instagram or on my YouTube, and at the end of the comment, you can just put Zamboni, right? Then I'm going (laughs) to, that's the secret code word. I'm going to know that you've been listening to this podcast. So it's a lot of fun. Come see me over there. Thanks for listening here. Please share this audio uh, link and uh, tweet it and post it on your social media and let everybody know that the Tom Green interview is a great show to listen to. And uh, I appreciate you all being here. Okay, without much further ado, here is the one, the only, the legendary Dog the Bounty Hunter. (laughs) <laughs> yes, sir. How are you? Very good. How are you, Dwayne? This is uh, Tom. Good to talk to you, and thanks for calling me. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me call you, brother. How are you doing? Very good. How's everything in uh, in your world? What part of the part of the country are you calling in from today? Yeah, I, I like that. I like how you say that. It's uh, I'm in De- uh, outside of Denver, a place called Castle Rock, yep. uh, Douglas County. That's where. You know the one restaurant opened up and the feds ra- raided him. Yeah, I'm in that. I'm in that city in Colorado. Oh, okay, you weren't part of the raid, were you? <laughs> oh no, no, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. That, that's amazing. Now, how how are how are you dealing with all of the pandemic and all of the chaos that's going on in our country right now? Is that affecting you personally where you are? 
Oh yeah. It's, you know, there's no profit, no money to be made doing nothing. <clears throat> Hardly any jail will take any kind of prisoner. You can't get any kind of, uh, police, uh, response and, or, you know, help because they're doing other stuff right now with all these riots and all that. So yeah, it's, it's affecting the, the whole world. I think, yeah, I think so. You too. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing as best as I can. I'm in Los Angeles, and I've been doing my podcast oh. and trying to trying to stay healthy. And yeah, I find that interesting, though. So, if if as a bounty hunter, if you are you actively doing that right now, or are you sort of have you taken some time off from from bounty hunting, or, or what's going on with uh, with that with you right now? So well, I have a huge jump of bail skip, a fugitive out of uh, Santa Ana. Yeah. So uh, he's in your area that, you know, 200, 200 mile radius. And uh, yeah, it's almost impossible because, like I say, the police are <laughs> in California. You have to call Bounty Hunter. Uh, licenses are out uh, incredible. But we have to call every time we get ready to uh, go towards a house where the guy could be because the cops got to know, which is a good law, help pass it. The cops have to know who's there, what vehicle you're in, so they don't get a call. You know, there's six mad strangers around my house. So uh, they go, yeah, it's Doug and his guys. So that, those phone calls aren't being taken because they're not answering that line. And, you know, they're just so busy with, every, you know, now the riot. So they're just, I saw Ventura Boulevard this morning where you're at. I feel so bad about this. And there were baskets that were five, four feet tall, two and a half feet wide, full of rocks up and down, like someone delivered them. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of that I've seen going on where people are dropping off bricks at these protests and all sorts of some strange conspiratorial things going on with that. It's interesting. So you say now if, if, you, if, if a, a bounty hunter were to pick up somebody who's got a warrant out for them and took them to the jail, the jail would say we don't have any room and just let them go? No, they say we're taking murderers and cop killers and stuff like that. And you're going to, you know, we know you brought him here. Here's a receipt that he was here. There's nothing we can do. How does it work? I'm just curious for my my listeners who may not understand how it works sure. being a bounty hunter sure. the legality of it and how it just you just to explain to me how it actually works well we have the same authority as a sheriff okay or a police officer uh we go after wanted felons with a price on their head so we're paid only when if and when we deliver the fugitive, the body, to a local jail, and they give you what's called a body receipt, and then you go to whatever organization, bail bond, citizens committee, FBI, federal marshal, who's ever offering the money, you get paid like that. So we're the same. We're you know we're the same laws as cops have. It's amazing, you know. I uh, do. Do you do you recall the first time you heard about? bounty hunters and when you decided you wanted to be one? Oh yeah. What was, what was that like? Like, what was that process like? Did you, did you, do you go to school for that? Do you study, do you take a well, law enforcement classes or how do you, how do you become a bounty hunter? 
So I started in 79. Yeah. And uh, the only bounty hunters really were a guy named Papa Thorne and Steve McQueen on Wanted Dead or Alive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so uh, I was in Texas, in Texas Department of Corrections for 18 months. And an inmate, I was Warden's Barber, and I worked outside the prison gate cutting guards' hair. And an inmate outside by my barber shop was, can I swear? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we prefer it. It <laughs> was a building called the Shitter. Yeah. And the Shitter was a sweat box, kind of like Cool Hand Luke, right? Exactly. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. one of my friends, uh, one of my black brothers was, uh, we call him Bigfoot, big big young guy his mother had just passed away or his auntie or something and so the guards went and arrested bigfoot and put him in the shitter because immediately any man grows uh rabbit paws and wants to run because your mama die your auntie die you don't care how many guards are there you're going to the funeral so as they were putting him loading him in the shitter i watched and boom he hit this one boss right in the mouth and down the boss went and Bigfoot start went running down the road. Wow. And so when he did, I, the rifles at TDC, you could see the towers, the 30, 30 rifles. I could hear him clicking and telling him freeze, freeze. Right. He kept running. And so I just instinctively thought, you know, they're going to kill him. You know, he's my friend. Uh -huh. And I ran out after him. So I, you know, ran out of the barbershop and, would like gun smoke, a little tiny barbershop like that where the guards tied up all their horses, just like gun smoke. And uh, you got to remember, it's Texas in the 70s. Yeah, sure. And I tackled him down, and a lieutenant ran up behind me, Lieutenant Hilligast, the meanest boss in the pen, and he threw down handcuffs and said, hook him up, bounty hunter. Yeah. And I, of course, I didn't. I said, I can't do that, lieutenant. And he was crying Bigfoot. And I was consoling him and telling him, don't worry, you know, uh, the devil killed my mom or my auntie. I said, no, the devil or God killed my auntie, my mom. I said, no, God, that's not God's job is to kill. There's a specific person who does that. And so I counseled him as they threw him back in the hole. And as I went in uh, to the prison, the warden, you know, I was his barber, called me in and said, we're going to have to. Uh, transfer you because you ran down another inmate. They're going to kill you. And so I said, Warden, are you going to kill me? I was saved his life. Yeah. And I was already inmate counselor. I had already been assigned that by the warden and talked to the inmates when there was problems. So he said, I'll leave you there 24 hours if you're alive when you wake up or when you wake up if you're alive, he said. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it. So as I went back to population, uh, 3,200 men, a few guys was like, why did you run him down? And my shoe shine guy that was in the barbershop with me was assigned to shine the shoes while I cut the hair, spoke up and he said he didn't run him down. He saved his life. Yeah. And so kind of silent. And they said, you know, why, you know, the guy was black, you're white. I said, well, I don't know about that. I'm half Apache. So that doesn't matter to me. So in the morning when I woke up, there were cigarettes, there were candy bars, there was coffee packages, pins, paper, uh, uh, stamps. And the warden called me in and said, they've given you a love offering. 
wow. bounty hunter. And yeah. so when I left prison at 79, I went to the post office, got 10 most wanted and started. And you just started like that. And so, so to people who don't really understand how that works, do you, you have to get a license, I guess, to become a bounty hunter, right? You have to. Well, there's two, there's 40 years difference. Okay. So back then I ordered a badge, came in the mail, boom, I put my prison number 271097 on it. Cause that's the only badge number I could remember off real quick. And I just went out there and, you know, in the name of the law and the name of the God, and I'm booted indoors. It took them all to jail. So you really, now, literally, just can start showing up at people's houses who have a warrant out and 70s. just getting them. That's what I did in the '70s. Then in 1980, I met Tony Robbins, Anthony Robbins, the motivational speaker. Sure, yeah. He heard my story, and of course, I was uh, a different kind of person. So I started speaking at his seminars several times a year and then he put me in his book awaken the giant within number one seller still today and it started all of a sudden bounty hunters started popping up places right yeah and so then like uh for instance today you have to have standard police officers training courses i've been to blackwater i've been to fbi school i you know personally i not everybody, but every state now has their own state license where you have to qualify and be certified to be able to bounty hunt. Back in the 70s and 80s, it was wide open. Today, huh, you, wow. get, you know, you got a lot of laws. It certainly must must open up a lot of confusion when you show up and you're not wearing a police uniform and people, I mean, it seemed obviously it's very dangerous. I've watched the show and, and, and everyone's right. seen the show, but I mean, is it, I, I'm surprised it's not more dangerous that, that, that you're just not, are you getting shot at constantly? I know you've been shot at, but you'd think that that would happen all the time. Well, you, you know, you could be, if you wanted to be, you know, Mm-hmm. But you don't do that. You catch a guy that's, you get, each guy has his own rap sheet, which is a record. Okay. Yep. And you look at that really good. Now, sometimes you're wrong, maybe 10%. But if he's a shooter, then you catch him somewhere. You pull him in the airport, free uh-huh. ticket to Can- to Canada. You go somewhere, you hit him early in the morning. You know, you get it. You, there's ways to take a shooter out. You know, you can make him shoot it out, but, uh, you know, there's not too many. And we carry weapons that I carry non-lethal because of the 42-year-old felony conviction. But I got non-lethal weapons, brother, that will knock a mule to his knee. <laughs> and no, I mean it. I It is incredible stuff. Really upsets me. We've arrested over, I have arrested over 8,000 p- people in a 41-year career. Wow. I've never, I've never killed any. You know, I got that big old camera right in my face when I'm taking them down. I, you know, I just can't believe some of the stuff happening today and you don't got to kill them. You don't got it. You know, I'm sorry. You don't have to kill them. You, you, I've shot several thousand with stunners that again, light up the sky. And I shot them with pepper, a paintball, pepper ball, which is stronger than a paintball. And they call it a Mike Tyson punch. And I've, I've, I've lit them up with that. In their car, they get drop their gun. Ah, you killed me, dog. Now, now, I don't really get political on the show, but with everything that's going on in the world, and of course, what we're talking about 
applying very closely yeah. to what's happening. What do you make of what's going on in the world right now? And, and, and why do you think that police officer in, in Minneapolis did that knee hold on, on that poor man for so long and, and killed him? Well, that, what a pity. Now, let me tell you, okay, that's happening across the United States. Mm-hmm. One thing before I start, every cop is not like that. It's a small percent. Yeah. There are dang good cops in America. Good. Good. And there's a few rotten. There's a few preset of rotten. You know, so you can't hold it against every cop, but we all know which cops do it. And we all have this human brotherhood, you know, the blue code, the hell's angel code, the devil's disciple code, the Catholic code. We all become brothers and sisters in a, in a group and we don't rat on each other. Okay. I think number one, uh, I can't believe he did that. I cannot believe a mayor is a boss of the police chief. If I was a mayor, I'd know every single cop I had. You know, they, I cannot believe this guy's had even three complaints. I heard there's 12 or 20 that he was a racist pig and that he was doing all this stuff. That is, that is when it's crooked on top, they, you know, there's an old Indian saying that shit runs downhill. And when it's crooked on top, bro, it's crooked down. And, you know, I cannot, it's unbelievable. Uh, Jim Quadra is a good friend of mine on my, uh, on one of my sites. We put a letter from Jim and Jim is an excellent, outstanding human being, San Francisco lawyer. Uh, good friends with a lot of people. Jim's got a lot of good friends and he represents policemen that do stupid stuff. And I put the letter he wrote the other day, last night, I think it was on uh, my Instagram where he says, these guys all need charged. Let me tell you a story. Yeah. I pull up to a house in 1976. Devil disciples were all wearing colors. My brother disciple goes in a house to buy dope pot. He gets in a squabble with the drug dealer. They both pull out guns. The drug dealer grabs my brother's sawed off shotgun and shoots him, you know, allegedly in the shoulder, shoots himself. We say (laughs) we're out in the car. Four of us are in the car. We don't go in the house. We hear the boom. He comes running out. He's been wounded. We take him to the hospital. (laughs) <laughs> blah, blah, blah. The guy got hit in the shoulder. In the morning, he died. Yeah. Every single one of us, five of us, in a jury trial, were convicted of first-degree murder. I, Donnie didn't mean to kill him, the guy that shot him. I didn't see it. Cheryl didn't see it. Reuben didn't see it. None of us seen it. Guess what? Penitentiary, the, the two girls, one girl, one guy never went to prison. Uh, Donnie, who pulled the trigger, and I did. Yeah. So there, you stand in there. I've had I've had bounty hunters. I've been out bounty hunting with freaks that are licensed once in a while years ago because they know you don't do that around me. And I've seen them do that. I've seen guys bust guys up there. Cut. I tell Blissey, keep that shit up. I'm stunning your ass. 
Right. Why do you think the other police officers in that moment didn't do that to the one who had his knee on that man's neck? Why did the other police officers stand there and say nothing? Well, I, you know, I can only assume they knew what they were dealing with. That guy was that kind of guy. You know, I'm sure they didn't say, oh, Bill, let's use Bill. Oh, Bill, I never seen him do that thing before. You know why? Because they're used to him doing it. And that's terrible that somebody, you know, there's a mixture of culture there, didn't say, uh, you know, get off him right now. Nine minutes, bro. Eight minutes. Four. Listen, 8,000 arrests. 8,000. I've arrested guys that I swear you're not going to believe this. Well, you can't believe it. It's true. I arrested a guy once that laid on top of his dead wife having sex with her for two days. When I booted the door and he's on the wife on the couch, I said, you know, she's dead. Yes. You know what I want to do to him? What? And you know what I did? Yes, brother. What? Yes, sir. You've seen and some you know interesting things, haven't you? <laughs> Listen, I arrested a guy that penetrated a six month old baby girl. Okay. All right. Well, and you know what I want to do to him? Yeah. And you know what I did? I cuffed him and said, you got a problem. I'd rather put money on somebody's commissary that's in prison to have your ass beat than do it myself. Cause that ain't our job. I've had cops all over the world to ask me, dog, how do you stop the adrenaline? Here's my answer. Bruh, there's a camera up my Ocole. And when they started passing out cameras to cops, I said, I am an advocate for this. No, no. I go, listen, buddy, I have to do it. Yep. I got A&E. I got Viacom. I got WGN. I got another one coming soon. Follow me around with his big old eye. Yeah. And I, of course, I want to beat his ass, but I can't because the camera is rolling. Right. Um, and I ain't going to jail for that stuff. Sorry. What, what What do you think was going through this this police officer's mind, this cop's mind, who who did murder this man? Like he's staring right down the the camera. He he, he knew he was being filmed, and and the person was completely, uh, you know, motionless. That it was he wasn't even restraining the the person anymore. So so what? Why 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 did he keep going? Is it is his, well, is he in some sort of adrenaline rage, a racist rage? What is it? Listen, you are that is you're very intelligent. I barely can read about you. You're a great guy, but I see why everyone says you're intelligent. I've never heard. I've talked to several law enforcement about this so far. I've never heard that question. I guarantee you this: that question's going to get him a murder conviction because you're right. He knew the camera was rolling. It took, he had time to, when it's accidental or incidental or what do they call it? Unvoluntary. You got time. You stop. Yeah. There was nothing. That was a, I've arrested hundreds, let's say a hundred for sure. Murder one guys. They knew what they were doing. I had a guy once that choked a girl, you know, it takes three to four minutes to kill someone like that. Okay. And I've had guys that choke and let go. Yeah. And arrest them for that, right? Yeah. So that guy premeditated it, not premeditated, but there's a word I'm not sure that you guys have that law or they have that law up there. 
as it's going on, if you start, you, know, you go in a bank and say, oh, everybody get your hands up. Everybody hands up. Okay, everybody's got their hands up. You're like, boom, you shoot someone for nothing. That's exactly what this guy did. Yeah. He, he, you know, plus his background. Listen, you think I could get a DUI, bruh? Huh. Think I'd have a TV show? You think that I could get caught with some of that stuff? I said something 16 years ago, almost lost my career. You think that I could do anything like that? But this guy is on the sidelines wearing hats at like Keep America White. Oh my God, you're a cop. You are so effing fired. You know, again, now how we fix this? <clears throat> Highway Patrol, federal cops, you know what they need that these other jerks don't have? Education. Yeah. I just got out of high school. I'm going to kick ass and take names. And I got, if we, if, when we all elect an official, you and I, we elect someone, we usually know what preschool he went to. I mean, they check these guys out, right? He had a divorce. He's a, he's a good guy, right? <clears throat> now, we put him in charge of different things, you know, because he's a, an official, a, a political. Yet, we will give a high school educated man or woman a gun and the authority to kill no we gotta stop educate train i've been this i've been this uh i've been bro this is no one's ever said i've been to several police officers training courses you know they don't teach to wound yeah they don't teach you shoot to wound you know what they do they teach you shoot to kill right yeah no Wake up, America. It's got to change. Yeah. I mean, it's got to change. It's, and again, it's not. There are so many, you know, I've never, this is the second time in my life I've kind of been, you know, uh, should I wear the badge inside here right now? Should I put on my badge? And to me, that's like my cojones is my badge, right? Sure. I, I worked 40 years so hard. I'm so proud of that. You know, besides the Bible, that's the closest thing to me. And I, the other day, walked in somewhere. I had my badge on my side, and I thought for a second, should I take this off? And then I looked down on the other side, and I was armed. And I go, no, I shouldn't. I got a, uh, you know, a non-lethal weapon. I'll shoot his ass. Somebody tried to say something to me. So <laughs> uh, it, it shamed a lot of cops. Yeah, it shamed a lot of police officers for what that guy did. It so, just seems to be such a militarization of the police force in this country right now with yeah. the big tanks and the major high caliber automatic weapons and and all of this. I mean, is is there sort of this sort of a, a, a just a philosophical you know, error being made? Should police be thinking of themselves more as peacekeepers as opposed to these sort of, you know, go raw, raw, go get them kind of attitude? Oh, yeah. And there are a bunch doing it right now. There's cops taking a knee with the people. There's, you know, I used to hate cops until I went years ago, 1981. I went to San Bernardino, California, and I went riding around with the SWAT team. And we was after a guy and we got it. And we were in this band and they had rock and roll music on. Jimi Hendrix is jamming. And this girl walked across the street and they're like, wow, she's beautiful. And they're like, yeah. I thought, these guys are human. What the hell? I had no idea. They're me and you. They are human, right? They're not robots. But you can see how quick 
Everybody stay inside. You're not going outside. You're not opening your restaurants. You see how quick this turned into Russia. You see how quick that was? And you know why? Again, your crooked leaders that are above different states. You know, again, poop runs, caca runs downhill. That's exactly what is happening. That the leaders, I cannot believe that this country was was completely taken over, you know, by suggestions. Nobody go outside, shut all the restaurants. Everybody's going to go bankrupt, get them poor. Is it political? Are they trying to take out the president by doing this? You know, I, what you look at statistics on both sides, more people die of the flu. I'm like, what? No one can figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it's, it's ridiculous. That's definitely a, a whole other a whole other show, dog. I, yeah, <laughs> geez. yeah. It's uh, it's a, a, a wild and a scary time we're going through. Look, I uh, I appreciate you calling. I could talk to you all day, but I I said we'd yeah, talk for about thirty you, minutes, and and uh, you know I I, I really you know uh, couldn't have asked for more candor from you. You really you really uh, do speak your mind, don't you? Oh, thank you, sir. Well, the older you get, the more you don't, you know, you better say it. You know, the older you get, and you know that, the older you get, you're like, you know, you got to say it. Maybe you're the only one that's going to say it, you know. Yeah. But I, I've, seen, I've seen this coming. I've seen it coming, and especially with minorities, you know, uh, I, I've seen it coming because they're just, you. I this is terrible to say, but I'm going to say it on your show. I filmed the 600 TV shows, brother. About yep. 2% are my black brothers. You know why? Because they don't treat them fair. Yeah. You know what I yeah. tell them when it's a black guy like that? Sometimes I'll do it. If the mama gets along with me, the daddy gets along with me, the, the sisters come say, dog, you're the only one. You ain't going to kill him. Will you please help catch my brother? I've done that. Okay. But I do not do that. Because here's a, here is an exact truth, and I'll let you go. I caught a call the other day on a black guy that the, the, he was in jail for kidnapping. $75,000 bond. High school, went here in Colorado. I helped get him out. I said, what happened? Here's what happened. He's driving down the street, Colfax, and him and his wife got in a beef. Well, his wife was going to jump out of the car. Now, I don't care usually who you are. If you're a husband, you've been beefing with the old lady. You know what I mean. They jump out. And they don't jump out when it's rolling. They're like, I'm getting out. Boom. Well, this black brother grabbed his old lady, and you ain't going nowhere, stupid, blah, blah, blah. There's traffic. I'm imagining what he said. Uh -huh. He grabbed her by the arm. There's a cop sitting there. They pull him over. They ask her what happened. She don't know. She's like, I tried to get out. He grabbed me. Wouldn't let. Would he not let you leave, ma'am? No, he wouldn't. Kidnapping. White boy, same day, gets pulled over, different part of town, <laughs> with his white girlfriend on a motorcycle. She wants off because he's driving erratically. <laughs> he puts his back hand around her neck, holds her on to the bike. She's beating him on the back. They get pulled over. You know what they charge him with? Domestic violence. You know how much the bond was? 500 50 bucks out. Right. Tell uh, me why. No, tell me why. They're conditioned. If they're darker skin, 
they break the law more. They're conditioned and they're trained like that. Yeah. That's uh, really, that's their training. They automatically see that and they're like, lawbreaker, guilty. So, so it's, it's got to change. It's got to change. It's a huge, huge uh, task ahead of us. Uh, who knows how they're going to do it? But uh, do you think there? Do you have hope right. that they will be able to make change now? Well, you know what? I'm glad that's another good question. There are more good guys than bad. I don't agree with this rioting and busting up stuff. I don't agree with that at all. And, but you know, I can see where I heard a, a guy this morning say Martin Luther King had marches across the country, right? Which is true. That's what got us, got him out of the trouble, but, or got him at least recognized to be human. But he did, he did not. He said, every time you tear something up, we take two steps backwards. He wasn't militant. He was in your face. I'm a man. You know, I, I just don't see the busting stuff up, you know, helping anybody anybody that doesn't work it's so dumb but you know everybody's you know this we're all cooped up bro right we're all cooped up we're like ah let me out of here right everybody Uh and this is the reason we can get out there and of course there's people that take advantage of people like me and try to influence me you know and what would happen that was your mom or dad you know stuff like that and these people are being sold a hog being sold something that's not right and they're out there following a bunch of idiots you know that are busting stuff up terrible yeah well again dog the bounty hunter Dwayne. thank you so much for calling today it was great to get to talk to you um i appreciate your insight here uh very valuable insight and a lot of uh a lot of uh interesting uh interesting analysis of what's going on thanks for thanks for talking to me what, what do you you, you what are you up for do uh, what are you up to for the rest of the day uh i'm going to see a doctor for a minute i got an eye problem and then i'm chasing this uh two million i think it is bail up there in your neck of the woods so we're waiting you know we're a lot of leads are coming in we're working i mean it's you know it's i rested a guy the other day because denver will take him and he's like he was at his mother's He's like, dog, you're cheating. I'm like, I know. He's home, right? So, dog, man, you're cheating. I said, okay, I'll let you go. I'll come back and get you later. All right, well. Go get it. All right, brother. I appreciate Thank you. you. You be safe, appreciate okay? You, sir. Yeah, be safe. Yes, sir, you too, sir. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, Dwayne. All right. Thank you, brother. Aloha. Well, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed my conversation with Dog the Bounty Hunter. Always amazing to speak to interesting and incredible people uh, like uh, Dwayne Chapman. Unbelievable. Um, uh, thank you for listening to the Tom Green interview. I really do appreciate it. And I want to remind you again to follow me on social media uh, at Tom Green on Instagram, at, at Tom Green Live on Twitter, and on YouTube.com slash Tom Green, uh, where there's lots of fun videos and clips going up, uh, including some highlights from this podcast. Uh, so uh, thank you for, uh, for tuning in, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, how'd it do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me. 
fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.